Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with me, finance presenter JP Ong, and on the phone with us, Jeff Howie, strategic market analyst from the SGX. Now, we had a big announcement here in Singapore when markets closed yesterday. Um, and it, I think all eyes were on the market and how it was going to move. And it really, really actually is a testimony to our leadership that it didn't move that much. Not at all. In fact, okay, so we are slightly in the red, but again, it's not. The, no one's really selling the farm today, right? They're down just by about four and a half points, and there might be other reasons why the STI yeah, it's might the be weekend. trending. So it's, well, it's the weekend, <laughs> but it's also a pattern of the last couple of days where you see the STI just backing off a little bit, inching back slowly but surely off of that 3,200 level and more on that, actually. But we are seeing the STI today down by four and a half points, clear at 3,181 points. This, though, is also happening on the back of pretty tepid turnover. So you're seeing appetites on the SJX today, not as uh, uh, not as animated as in recent sessions. Get get this, there's only 463.5 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover. So perhaps people are amped up for the weekend. Perhaps everyone's just phoning they it in. They didn't come to work today. They, maybe they didn't come to work today. Or maybe everyone just realized, you know what, coming back to the office wasn't that really big of a deal. I don't know. But basically, you're seeing appetites just a little bit more muted in today's session. And once again, if you're looking for a bright spot today, you are seeing that there are more winners than losers once again. 198 stocks reach interest in the green, 189 in the red. So perhaps the second quarter means that it's now the second and third liners turn. The broader men were talents. It's their turn to actually start to move up. Some analysts have actually indicated that if the Singaporean economy starts to pick up, we will see the underperformance relative of the of, uh, of uh, Singaporean uh, the broader shares versus the blue chips actually start to narrow. They'll actually start to catch up. And maybe this is exactly what's happening. What's happening though also across the region is that we're seeing markets starting to give back a couple of gains. We started off with the ASX 200 today down by 0.2%. Um, uh, RBA Governor Philip Lowe has warned that uh, that there are excessive lending risks that they're monitoring out in Australia and also indicated that they're concerned about the rise in home prices. I have a small anecdote actually. A friend of mine who came back from Sydney uh, recently said that I think the median home price in Australia over the last six months actually jumped up by 100,000 Australian dollars in just that particular span. So you're seeing these things starting to worry folks out in Australia, at least, or, or, or policymakers down under, and perhaps just weighing a little bit on sentiment there. The South Korean Kospi today down by 0.2%. The Taiwanese Taiex also falling by 0.3%. Now, what's also interesting is that the Shanghai and Shenzhen Bourse are both down by 0.8% and 1.1%, respectively. The Hang Seng also trading about 1% lower, and this despite China reporting a blockbuster PPI uh, uh, pr- producer price index indication, which is factory gate inflation. Or, or industrial inflation, which rose by 4.4%, their highest in about two years, and also consumer prices, they're rising by 0.4%. Now, generally, this is a sign that, yes, the Chinese economy is raring to go, but there are concerns that this will give the PBOC more room or more reason to actually start to tighten monetary policy, which is a concern equities out in China, and also is part of this theme that everyone in markets are watching out for. It's inflation. Is it actually going to come? Will it actually start to 
prompt some of these central banks to begin tightening policy sooner rather than later. Um, the Federal Reserve overnight, or in the recent minutes, have indicated that it's still COVID-19 infections over inflation. That's the biggest risk. But still inflation driving a lot of these concerns, at least for markets for the most part. The Nikkei 225 today rising by 0.6%. They're one of the few standouts in among major equity in markets that are actually gaining. But back to the STI, and there could be another reason why we're starting to see stocks back off. And I want to bring up this particular number. It's 3000 That's where the STI ended the year of 2019, give or take a handful, a fraction of a point. Um, Over the last couple of weeks, we have seen the STI breach 3,200 with authority and also approach that particular level. So we're actually seeing the STI return to pre-pandemic levels for the most part. And when you start to see that happen, perhaps this is also a time when investors are starting to ask themselves, well, should we actually take the rally this far? Is this a time where we start to look at valuations? Is it justified for us to actually go there? Or should we perhaps ease off a little bit and take a little bit of a pause? That might be happening right now based on the lower turnover that we're seeing, at least on the SJX. And also the fact that even though the STI has been trending in the red, we're only giving up a handful of points at any point um, uh, over the last couple of days at each um, over the last couple of sessions for the most part. So maybe just a little bit of soul searching, a little bit of questioning, at least on the part of investors that seen the STI just back off a little bit. But again, we are near those levels before the COVID-19 pandemic, which is still pretty remarkable for the STI. And as we've mentioned, the second and third line is starting to pull more weight, actually, over the last couple of sessions. We bring Jeff Howie into the conversation. Um, We did see that 3,200 number being hit and exceeded over the last couple of days in this week. And we also saw the SDI move in more positive territory when the rest of the region were heading the other way. It's pretty much been not a bad week. Yeah, I mean, we, we tested 3,220 twice. Uh, very early on uh, Tuesday morning and then again early Wednesday morning and we've come back to around 3180 now but the key thing is that the SDI's big driver in the first quarter of 2021 it was the banks and the banks have been mixed this week UOB has gained uh, six tenths of a percent to I think it looks like $25.92 now OCBC is up three tenths of a percent to $11.78 and DBS is down 1% to $28.64. However, you've got to keep in mind that DBS's uh, final FY20 dividend of $0.18 cents per share did go ex-dividend on, on Wednesday. So also, global banks have seen a significant slowdown in momentum this week. This pause, as JP was mentioning, and there's two key reasons for this. Um, firstly, the U.S. yield curve has flattened a little to below 150 basis points after surpassing 160 basis points back on the 30th of March. But secondly, uh, a more reason for the pause is the big US banks start reporting their first quarter uh, results next week. And, and those two monoliths, JP Morgan and Bank of America, they report on Wednesday and Thursday. And you, you might recall both, both banks did report strong fourth quarter earnings stabilisation of net interest income and credit costs and so forth. But next week, markets will really get a read on just how sustainable the recent stock price gains have been in the US banking sector. Because remember, US banks uh, have been the strongest, or not US banks, but global banks have been the strongest sector across the world um, But uh, uh, in the first quarter. But, but just back to the yields, um, those minutes JP mentioned, the mid-March FOMC minutes, they did attribute the increase in the yields uh, to market participants seeing improved economic outlooks, um, 
you know, bolstered by what they referred to the passage of the American Rescue Plan and the progress on vaccination. So, so the minutes they 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 added that that there'd been some model-based, survey-based estimates that suggested that the higher term premiums could have been. Um, you know that the, the yield curve change m- might have been reflecting the outlook for the for a more expansive fiscal policy as well in the U.S. and hence a little bit of an upward revision in the expected path for the for the for the um, trajectory of U.S. Treasury debt. Um, so your, your recent moves in the longer term U.S. Treasuries they, they were not seen to be disorderly in the minutes and hence U.S. 10-year yields they are currently yielding 1.6%. And, and for historical context, and, and we all know the Fed uses those historical contexts um, through re- previous minutes, um, from the early 1960s through to 2010, 10-year yields always stayed above 2%. And then since 2010, there have been around 2.2% on average. And, and they did trade an all-time low in August last year, near 0.5%, after being as high as 3.2% in November 2018. So there's... there's, there's there was very little concern on on where the where where U.S. yields were at this present um, time, and hence the yield curve, as I said, it has flattened a little bit, but it didn't come off remarkably in the minutes. It didn't come off remarkably in the in the meet from the meeting in the press conference, and hence banks have uh, in a, in essence sustained those gains that we saw in the first quarter, um, and no surprises that the the Fed did remark that. Um, the path of the economy will, of course, depend significantly on the course of the virus, and that's that's progress on vaccinations, and, th- and that was really echoed in the IMF outlook on Tuesday night as well. Remember, they gave us the upward revision in global growth uh, to 6% from 5.5%, but much still depending on the race between the virus and the vaccines. And, and I guess that that's where markets really have been a little cautious over the past week and and that really shows in our stock market and it shows in the in the headline stats as well. So while we've got the progress, we've got 710 million vaccinations now administered around the globe and that compares to 133 million confirmed cases. So that jaw is increasing every day. But since the second week of March, daily global cases have been gradually reversing that downward trend that we observed over the first 6 months of the 6 weeks of the year. Um, if you go back to um, 7th of April, the new confirmed cases just, just two days ago reached 88 per 1 million people. And that was down from more than 100 per 1 million people in early January, but it has more than doubled uh, from the less than 40 cases per 1 million people back on the 8th of March. And of course, the UK, the South America and South Africa variant strains are being watched closely. So lo and behold, with this over the past week, we've seen the quartet here of Top Glove, Medtex International, Riverstone Holdings and UG Healthcare, they've all seen symmetric gains this week and so far averaged around 8% price gains. It's interesting that you bring up uh, the vaccination rollout and how many people have been vaccinated over a million in Singapore as well, which is quite uh, a lot and they're ramping up that speed. Yeah, it's really exciting. And and you know what? Not uh, if you've had the jam. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I know, I know, I know that it's, it's, it's really ramping up at an incredible pace here. And it's, it's, I, I think uh, many in the region are quite envious of, of, of this, of the, 
of the speed with, with, and the efficiency with which Singapore's been able to do it. And look, at the same time, as I, as I mentioned, that, that familiar uh, medical supply theme of, of the stocks seeing uh, returns during the, um, you know, the, the global caution to, to the state of COVID-19, but uh, we've seen that. But at the same time, we, we've seen less of those staunch sector-driven forces in the stock market. Um, if you look at this week, our strongest gainers across our broad FTSE ST All Share Index, they represent, if you look at the, 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 the eight strongest gainers, they also represent um, eight different sectors, if you count REITs as a different sector to real estate developers. So you've got, for the four, first four sessions this week, you've got Costco Shipping International, Hongleong Asia, Riverstone, OUE, Semcorp Marine, Asia Pay TV Trust, Lipo Moore's Indonesia Retail Trust, and Delphi, um, representing, as I said, as, as many as eight different industries, um, and also leading the index so far in the in the in the in the week so far. Um, and likewise, those stocks that have been recipient to the highest net institutional inflows over the past five sessions, they include a broad mix as well: SBH, Jardine Cycle and Carriage, Venture Corporation, Yangtze Jiang, and Costco Shipping Singapore. They throw in um, Top Glove, Singapore Post, SunTech REIT, and SemCorp Marine there as well. And you know what's very interesting, Jeff, is that most of those names you actually named are actually not. STI members, their second and third liners supporting this trend where we're seeing where the STI is backing off a little bit, but generally more gainers than losers. And what I really noticed this week also was the number of high flyers. I mean, on Monday, it was Semcorp Marine that was really running away with the show. Costco Shipping International on Wednesday. Um, yesterday, I believe it was Top Glove that was really topping everybody, for no pun intended. Today, we're seeing a very strong move from SIA Engineering and Mercurius. And again, we, if you note there, Jeff, none of them are actually STI members. Do you think that there might actually be a rotation where this is the time when the second and third lighters might actually get some more love this second quarter and maybe focus should be more on some of these uh, some of uh, these uh, um, second and third lighters on the SGX more so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we saw that. Uh, we've seen that for the last few weeks. More, more interest in the mid-cap stocks. Uh, mid-caps, in many instances, uh, a number of mid-caps outpacing the larger cap stocks. Remember, on the large cap side, it's really been uh, the banks driving... Uh, the STI return in the first quarter. You know, um, everyone will, I think most, most, most investors are aware that the banks make up a large, significant portion of the STI, and uh, that was the key reason why the STI outperformed and outpaced and was actually the second best-performing benchmark index all across Asia-Pacific in, in the first quarter. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, there's the 30 STI stocks, uh, and there's, as we say, if you, if you, look, in, if you look at the top... Um, well, you look at the the number of stocks that have the highest turnover. Um, there are a number of stocks that have uh, t that are not in the STI, but have just as much turnover as some of the STI constituents um, that are in the S that are, that are a big part of the index. Um, I should also mention Jardin Strategic Holdings. It's scheduled to come out of the STI mm -hmm. effective the Tuesday open on the thirteenth, and uh, the stock with the largest market capitalisation in the FTSE ST All Share Index, or I should say the, the, the stock that's in the STI reserve list with the largest market capitalisation um, as of yesterday's close, joins the STI, and that stock was Fraser Logistics and commercial trust. You know, um, do you think, though, Jeff, that uh, the, uh, that a lot of the upside for the banks who have done very well in the first quarter, do you think a lot of it's been priced in, given by given by how how we've seen in recent days that uh, their price their prices at least have been trimmed on almost every session? 
Yeah, exactly. And and look, it, we're coming into the reporting season, so so we are coming very close to taking a, a check on that. You know, mm-hmm. basically, we can, we can, we can see if that has been justified, uh, and and we we, we look at uh, you know what the, what the economic forecasts are. But nonetheless, you've got to also remember that the COVID nineteen. Uh, you know the, the the cases and the variant strains, and as we said, the race to overcome this with vaccines. It is the key driver still. Mm-hmm. And on that note, that has been a market view wrap here on Money FM eighty nine point three. JP will have another market view update on prime time coming up in a few hours. I'm Clarissa Montero. We've been joined by Jeff Howie, strategic market analyst. At the SGX, you are on Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.